0: Hi, I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review, and this one is a two-for-one. going to talk about both of Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy movies. I read the comic book a little bit. Um, I wasn't a huge fan, but I did like it. I just was getting out of comic books and just didn't have an opportunity to read much Hellboy. But when I saw, like, action figures and stuff, I'm like, yeah, this is probably something I'd like to read, but never got around to it. And... uh, (laughs) When they were making the movie, I was already a Guillermo del Toro fan. I enjoyed his early movies, uh, especially Blade 2. I thought, wow, you know, they got a good director to do Blade 2, and, and let's see what else he's got in him. And they picked him to do this movie. And in 2004, they gave him like a $65 million budget, and he got some stars. Ron Perlman, he chose, actually, because he thought he could emote under all the makeup. Selma Blair was picked. Jeffrey Tambor, uh, John Hurt. Love John Hurt. Ever since Alien, I've just loved John Hurt. I just think he's amazing. Um, so anyway, not that I was the biggest comic book fan of Hellboy, but once I saw the movie, I, I'm a, I'm a Hellboy fan. I just I I like the character. I like all the the World War II Nazi supernatural open a gateway to the other side Cthulhu kind of mythology stuff really enjoyed that aspect of it and Rasputin and and that kind of you know the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense I just really you know it's my cup of tea Um, and so I walked out of the theater just thought that was great bought it on DVD bought it on it was one of the first Blu-rays that Sony released bought that bad boy instantly loved Hellboy and last year picked up when they finally released it on 4k it's a native 4k transfer and it looks spectacular it really really does blown up on the big 85 inch that my roommate bought it really it's a great 4k transfer of what i consider to be uh you know it's it's not an academy award winning film but it is a classic in its own right it's an early comic book movie done right uh, it's very entertaining. And like I said, because it's Guillermo del Toro, it's got lots of layers, lots of heart. It's got daddy issues they deal with. There's uh, a romance. There's a love triangle. I mean, it really packs a lot into its two-hour runtime. And really, it hops all over the world. Uh, it'll slow down for some good drama scenes. It's got some tragedy. Really, they poured everything into this. Marco Beltrami to the soundtrack. Um Wermel Navarro, a longtime guy he he worked with, did the cinematography. Really, this movie worked out. And then it made money. I was thrilled. And it got a sequel. So rewatching it now at the end of 2020, movie holds up. It's really good. A couple of the CGI, a little bit of the computer-generated graphics looked okay. But most of it actually looks great. It really holds up well. So... I will say this before I get into the second movie. I actually enjoyed the third, the reboot, the 2019 version. No, it doesn't have Guillermo del Toro, or the original cast, but I thought it was an entertaining Hellboy movie as something different. And I guess that kind of ended that franchise. And you know, there's still a rumor out there that they might make a Hellboy 3 with the original fingers crossed. So four years later, Guillermo del Toro re-teamed up with Mike Magnola and the cast. They got uh, Danny Elfman to do the music this time, but same cinematographer, and a bigger budget, about $85 million, and made Hellboy 2 The Golden Army. The movie went on to make $168 million, so a success. But Everybody got bigger after this. The stars got bigger, the director got bigger, and it just they just never got around to making the second one. They were still talking about it right as they announced the reboot was getting made. And that was originally supposed to be kind of a sequel, but um, Ron Perlman didn't want to have anything to do with it if Guermo wasn't going to be involved. So that ended that, and they decided to make it a reboot, and it didn't go over well. Although, it, it, like I said earlier, it is a, a little bit closer to the source material. But Mike Mignola, the guy who created Hellboy, has been involved with all three movies. So if anybody you know, complains that, oh, this isn't like the comic book or whatever, talk to him. He wrote the comic book. He wrote the story for the second movie. He's been involved with all of it. He was a big part of the third one. So, you know, just saying. So this came out as a big summer movie in 2008 and did very well. I remember everybody walking out of the theater and really, really enjoying it, as did I. Um, watching it now, it's a little uneven. It it tries to pack in as much stuff as the first movie does, kind of revisits some young Hellboy, and that was a, an excuse to bring back John Hurt, and that, that kind of leads us to a little story about... Uh, Instead of the first movie, instead of doubling down on that whole supernatural Nazi, uh, you know, Cthulhu-type stuff, they brought in fairies and elves, kind of. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The King of the Elves... This standing peace with humankind—it goes back to his forefathers—and then for hundreds of years, and Prince Noada comes back and decides that magical beings need to have, you know, their place on the planet, and the humans have gone too far, and he wants to break the truce. And that's not what the, you know, father and king wants to do. Nor does his sist- twin sister. But he winds up killing the father. Sorry for spoilers, and kind of taking over. Luke Goss. Plays Prince Nuada, and he's freaking amazing in the role. I remember him in the beginning of Blade Two. He's that evil vampire, and I remember, you know, watching the beginning of Blade Two the first time. This character goes into a blood bank, and some weird stuff happens. And I thought he was just, you know, a toss away, throw away character. And he really did a great job inhabiting that, making it a real person and then a real thing when it became a thing um and i thought he did even more he had six or seven months training with a former jackie chan stunt guy um to learn the sword stuff and the the spear stuff and the martial arts i mean six or seven months of training that's like john wick level you know getting into your role um they actually considered Charlie Hunnam was the only other actor they considered, and he didn't take it, or they didn't get him, or whatever. And I think it worked out great. I think the movie comes to a point um, where they get the last piece, and and they they you know they're ready to 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 do the battle and and unfortunately it doesn't go well for our hero and and then they have to go on a quest to heal our hero and it it just feels like the movie detours into del toro land some of the creature designs and things but it turns out that mike mignola wrote the story and some of those creature designs were his design his characters uh yeah they made some some changes on some things like the angel of death was a A little bit different um, to say or the Chamberlain or whatever Uh, but all in all watching Hellboy 2 now and especially right after the first one it keeps the same tone it looks like they did spend a little bit more money on it just watching them back to back in 4k is just like oh the colors a little it's a little more colorful and the the costumes have a little more depth and there's just a little bit more of everything but it, what's interesting is that the special effects are even better. Uh, four years' time had made a huge difference. And so there's a lot less cartoony look to some of the giant things. But then again, like the, 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 the they do a lot of practical effects, which works very much in, in the favor of the movie. And, and I've said that in a lot of these reviews for these big uh, creature features, science fiction movies. Uh, comic book movies such when they use creatures in rubber suits it just seems to hold up better than early cg as well it it fits into the scene better they act with it better that kind of thing and some of the monsters in this are real legit uh you know rubber monsters or whatever latex whatever they made them out of um and that that helps the movie hold up now it looks great um some of the changing scenes where these things grow up really quick and things like that Hold up really well. The special effects all in all hold well. But again, another reason why it holds up uh, Prince Nawada is a badass. Uh, he just does, uh, Luke Goss does such a great job with the role, the lines, the Gaelic dialect, that kind of stuff that he and uh, Anna Walton, who plays his twin sister in the movie, gets into. She's Prince Nuala. Um, and what happens to one happens to the other. And, you know, that's going to make some complications in the long run. And Abe Sapien has a love interest this time around. And they added this uh, German psychic ectoplasmic being, uh, Dr. Johann Krauss. And it's voiced by Seth MacFarlane. Uh, Thomas Kretschmann was actually going to voice it, um, but it just didn't. It didn't. I don't know. Didn't didn't work or whatever. And he actually is German, so <laughs> you know. But Seth MacFarlane does a pretty amazing job, even though if he does sound like uh, Stewie a couple times in the film. Uh, the character to me though reminds me of the silent bad guy from the first movie, and they decided that was really cool. Let's bring back something like that. <laughs> Maybe they shouldn't have made him German. Maybe that would have helped. But he's got a, a glass fishbowl and he's smoke, if you remember the character from the movie. And they do some cool things with him. But, you know, bringing him in and making him the boss all of a sudden. Again, I know this story goes back to a Mike Magnola story, but I don't know. It's just some of these beats. We really just wanted to see a sequel to to the first movie. But it goes in some different directions and dances around and this was after pan's labyrinth is why i said some of those creature designs like the angel of death the androgynous angel of death that those designs very much look like guermo del toro stuff from pan's labyrinth but you know who knows how the artwork worked out maybe they used some of the same artists and that's why both movies were hits and made significant amounts of money but they just never got the third one off the ground and For years, they talked about making a third one. And we all begged and we hoped and we bought, you know, when it was upgraded to Blu-ray and then upgraded to 4K, we've bought them and we've we've bought the action figures and the Funko Pops and everything else. And we've done everything to support Hellboy. And finally, they announced they were going to do a reboot. And so, okay, well, let's hope the reboot turns out. And then the reboot didn't turn out so well for most people. And they're still saying this could still happen. So I'm not holding my breath, but... Hey, I didn't think we'd get another Bill and Ted movie either, and it really wasn't bad. So there you go. So check out the Hellboy movies. If if you remember liking them, you're going to like them even more now because they hold up really well. And I'm going to go back and watch the third one, the, the the reboot, if you will, the 2019 version of Hellboy is not as bad as ever. You know, I mean, yes, it's not the Guillermo del Toro movies. It's it's like taking you know a good Academy Award nominated movie. Versus a B movie, it, they're very different styles of movie, but I'm fine with both of those existing in my movie collection. So I, I hopefully in the near future we'll watch the reboot of Hellboy and I'll add that to this collection. But. Holding up well, although I felt that Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, is a bit uneven, it just feels like it stops and starts in a couple places. And and that's probably because Hellboy gets injured, and we have to go on this tangent to go try and get him fixed, and then that becomes a different tangent, and then finally we get back to the main story. And I don't know, I understand why, but it, it, it jumping around worked quite a bit in the first movie, not quite as well. And this movie didn't get quite as good, but still got great reviews, just not quite as good as the first one, but still it it holds up and and it is they were trying more. They went for more things, and I gotta give them credit for that. And as a one-two punch back to back, well, that's just the way it should go. You know? I would like to see a third one that kind of goes back to the Nazis machines and mad scientists and and old god stuff, but you know, the four folklore fairy tale stuff was not bad either. It'll be interesting to see if they can get a third one off the ground and what happens because it doesn't look like we're going to get any more uh, of the Hellboy reboot franchise they were trying to do there. Hellboy 1 and 2 by Guillermo del Toro and Ron Perlman. I just think they're classics. They hold up. Watch them in 4K. You can download them, rent them, and they're available still on hard copies. Buy them. Please support these movies so we get more of them I love the Hellboy movies. They did great job. Guillermo del Torre did a great job, and I, I know it probably hurt him to not be able to go back and make the third one and finish off the trilogy. Fingers crossed they do so. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Please subscribe, share, like, comment, etc. Uh, also check out the Rockfile.com for links to all my other projects. And thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day.